Welcome back to the Rank Bonus Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Frank. And uh, we're here to talk about um, CanCon, which was last weekend here mm. in Australia. And you might be forgiven for thinking we've fallen off the face of the planet because it's been a little while. It has we, been. Uh, did a podcast that's uh, Christmas holidays for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, we were planning on recording one about three weeks ago and then basically I had to cancel last minute because one of my kids decided to throw up all over the floor. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it may not have uh, worked out too well for me if I'd been uh, recording a podcast in the garage while my wife dealt with uh, <laughs> a sick toddler. So, yeah, um, no ward safe could have protected you from that. No, no, no amount of re-rolls would have, <laughs> would have helped me. So... Uh, anyway, we're back now. So we, CanCon. We are going to talk about CanCon, which was last weekend, um, you know, Sydney time. We have a couple of little updates just to mention um, before that. Um, obviously, we've got our customary beginning to an episode. Cheers. Cheers. Um, but yeah, basically, one thing I just wanted to mention, sort of the elephant in the room, um, you know, there's been some pretty major news in the in the gaming scene huge development huge development in the last few weeks um you know something really really monumentally big has happened we've been waiting for a long time we've been waiting for a long time i especially have been very excited about it mm. and that is frank i found titchy hutchie's raiders <laughs> <laughs> and where were they well it's the darndest thing <laughs> So this is going to sound... Okay, so picture this. I've got like... So there's this figure case. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd already looked in. That I'd already looked in probably five or six times. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out there was basically... So, you know, it's a, it's like a kind of um, metal toolbox sort of thing. And then, you know, it just has layers of foam in it. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was the bottom layer... <laughs> Wasn't in fact the bottom layer. Oh, there really? was there was another layer hiding underneath it, which had Tichy Hutchie's raiders, and about a third of my lizardman army hiding in it. So Your chameleon skinks and everything. My chameleon skinks were in there. My uh, temple guard were in there. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I now have more Tichy Hutchie's raiders than what I really need. <laughs> how, many, how many suits have you got now? Uh, two, two and a bit, because I've got, <laughs> I've got like. I don't know, I've probably got about 12 or 13 of them. <laughs> and then to give you an idea, the unit itself starts at like 250 points for five models. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably about 500 points worth of Tichy Hachi's so Raiders. You, you could field an entire <clears throat> army of Tichy Hachi's Raiders. Yeah, we could have a 500 point game and I could field <laughs> one unit of Tichy Hachi's Raiders or maybe two. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, that was, I discovered that probably about three days before Christmas. To coin a phrase, and there was much rejoicing. There was much rejoicing. <laughs> um, just before Christmas, I found those. So it basically felt like a Christmas <laughs> present. Um, so yeah, very, very happy. Um, obviously, I mean, there was another little announcement that, um, I don't know, some game called The Old World dropped. Um, mm, <laughs> no, so like, obviously, it, yeah, yeah. So we, we, it would be remiss of us not to talk about this a little bit and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about CanCon, but um, I guess... But we know, must reiterate, the rule books are not yet available for sale in Australia. Yes. so <laughs> Neither of us have got one. Yeah, so neither of us have actually got our hands on a physical rule book. Yeah. Um, yeah we've seen various rules and we've read various things and mm-hmm. there's been a lot of... Um, there's been a lot of obviously information flying around with this sort of thing. Um, and those of you who are listening from overseas are probably... 
you know, already right deep into this game. But um, yeah, we've got to wait patiently for another eight Not nights, I think. Oh, it's the yeah. 10th of February. <laughs> so <laughs> it's next Saturday. Um, so yeah, really frustrating. It's weird, really frustrating feeling like the rest of the world's already got access to this thing. And like, for some reason we don't. Yeah. Um, but um, look, obviously... We will talk about it. We will definitely when, talk when about it. When we've got the book. Yeah. Read. Look, in fairness, there's plenty of um, places you can get information about if you're, if you're you know, wanting lots of information right now about the old world, then there's heaps of places to get that. There's plenty of stuff on YouTube. Obviously, Games Workshop's releasing their own information. Um, there's another Australian podcast that I'd um, also recommend called um, The Old World Fanatics. You met a couple of those guys on the weekend, actually, Frank. Um, yeah. Yeah, Colin, Josh, um, one of the one of the guys that ran CanCon, um, Josh, he's um, he's uh, one of the guys on that on that show as well. Uh, in fact, Paddy's appeared on that show a few times, and Paddy was obviously running CanCon too. So, mm-hmm. put it this way: those guys have have basically been releasing weekly episodes, far more regular than us. Uh, but you know, they've got plenty of good old world content, so I'd probably recommend. If you want to get a bit more of an in-depth kind of look at what is going on with Old World, those guys have been releasing a lot of um, you know content for that. We will definitely talk about it when we have had a chance to sort of sit down with a rule book. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should, when we get the rule book, which will be, are you getting yours in a week? Like, have you got, have you got one on order or anything? No, I don't actually. You don't? Okay, well, I've got one. So I've got one that's coming... Like I've got the rule book uh, on its way. I've also got the Ravening Hordes and the Forces of Fantasy books that are on order as well. So basically I should have the rule book plus the two books that have all the lists in them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we could even sit down and kind of browse through the rule book and pick out some bits and pieces and talk about that. Or Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, and we'll probably try and... be unavoidable. Exactly. And we'll probably try and tee up a game soon and give our thoughts on that as well. Um, so yeah, rest assured, listeners, there will definitely be old world talk. Um, obviously, we've probably been a bit quiet on the old world over the last. Really, we've been doing this podcast for how long? Six months, maybe. I don't even know. How many episodes have we done? I think no, this is on the six. Are we up to ten? Is this episode yeah. ten? I think ten was last time. No, maybe we're up to okay. eleven. I don't know. But we're anyway. We, so um, for for the period of time that we've been doing this podcast, we've <laughs> we've basically only really talked about sixth edition and only mentioned old world in passing. And I think the main reason for that was it kind of crept up a little bit. Like it kind of went from being like a few years ago they they announced this this um you know this game was going to come, and then yeah. we got this very very steady drip feed of information for about three years where you'd get like one little vague article every six months or whatever a picture a picture or a map or a like a tiny bit of fluff some, or uh, some artwork i don't even think we got a miniature until like the last 12 months like we didn't get to see an actual old world yeah. miniature until so there wasn't anything to talk about we didn't want to turn it into just speculation yeah so. exactly and then um obviously the last few months it sort of turned into a bit of a trickle and then it turned into a like a kind of yeah, waterfall of information the release so yeah and the release probably it certainly came quicker than I, what I was expecting. Like I kind of okay. thought, I mean, they were talking about what first quarter 2024 and I kind of thought that was them going, right, we're going to squeeze this into March somehow. <laughs> but in <laughs> fact, but they were, literally the rest of the world's already got the, the thing like three weeks into January. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, so yeah, I guess for those listeners who are thinking, come on guys, get on the old world already. We will definitely 
um, be getting onto the old world. We just need to actually get the book um, properly in our hands. I've read a whole bunch of bits and bobs, but like just haven't, without the book in our hand, it's like really hard to sort of. Yeah, we want to sit yeah. down and play the game first so we actually know what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, um, that's definitely on the horizon um, for us. But, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, our loyal fan base will really enjoy listening to us talk about uh, CanCon, which was a big event that we just attended. Um, and we can kind of, I guess, give our thoughts on that and talk about our games. And then, uh, yeah, there'll definitely be some old world content in the very near future. Um, so CanCon. That was last weekend, Australia Day long weekend here in uh, here in uh, the Great Down Under, yeah. Van, Van Diemen's Land. So actually, wait, was, is that what isn't, that, isn't that Tasmania? Yeah. Oh, okay, so not Tasmania. Um, no. It's in okay. So CanCon is held in Canberra, which is. Uh, it sounds like a good name for like a Warhammer campaign. Van Diemen's Van Land. Demon's Land. I thought uh, you know I think that is Tasmania actually, but anyway. Um, so for those of you overseas, I guess like most people don't know that like everyone thinks the capital of Australia is Sydney, but it's actually Canberra. Even people who live in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually Canberra, which is like this small, relatively small city that a lot of it sort of feels like it's actually a country town really. Um, yeah, but then it is, really. it is, but then you've got parliament house there and yeah. a bunch of government things. And then basically once a year they run Australia's biggest uh, wargaming convention, which is CanCon. Mm. So we went down there on the Thursday. Um, the public holiday was the Friday for Australia Day. Um, and, yeah, basically we got to play a bunch of games. We played five games of 6th edition. Yeah. Um, it was run by Patty and Josh, um, and they did an awesome job. There was some really cool scenarios. Um, I thought the terrain was really good. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did actually. Um, I mentioned that at the time. Most of it was really terrific. Yep. There were still a few rogue fences, <laughs> which I think some of them I pointed out to you. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't got around to filing a written complaint yet. I know about a. I know about a particular game that you played later on in the event where your opponent raised the fact that uh, there was a fence, and I think the fence was. <laughs> yeah, I recall. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll get to we'll get to talking about that. But there was a there was definitely a fence that somewhat there was some fence related controversy. There was some shenanigans going on with the fence at one point. <laughs> In fairness, there was definitely one board that had I didn't get to play on it, but it was um, I think it what was next to where I was playing that there was a board with a little fenced off paddock that actually had cows in it. <clears throat> yeah, but see, that's an appropriate use of a fence. <laughs> The fences should be should be uh, built in paddock form. I love the idea that this invading like chaos horde has come to steal some cattle or something. Like that. Yeah, I think that's a, that'll be an awesome scenario to do. Where you have to like make off with cows and sheep or something. You know, Not just an invading horde of chaos marauders, but they're hungry and have to steal cattle from local farmers. I think that'll be great. Well, Great scenario. I'm pretty sure that, um, so when I was listening to the, the show that the other guys do, the, um, the old world fanatics, Josh was actually saying that when basically like there was a combat that was happening near the, near the little cow paddock and he took all the cows out and put them, scattered them all over the board to represent the cows escaping. While the was <laughs> 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 kind of cool. Um, gives it a bit of, uh, 
gives a bit of narrative. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the terrain was really nice. Um, there was some cool scenarios. Um, we'll kind of go through game by game, just chat a bit about kind of the event as a whole as well. So one of the most exciting things when you go to an event like this, Frank, is the draw. Okay. When on the, you know, usually a few days before the event starts, mm. they, they put everyone's name into a, into a computer program. Or if you really want to do it old school, you stick it into a hat or a bucket oh, of box. some kind. Uh, I've definitely done a few live draws for events that I've run, just literally sticking names into a box and pulling yeah. them out. But anyway, so um, the the draw was done and then announced and everyone was eagerly logging in, looking to see what their first game was going to be. And wouldn't you know it, out of 56 players at CanCon, who do you think I was playing? I don't know, Alex. Who were you playing? <laughs> Some guy called Frank. <laughs> <laughs> So we traveled to an interstate tournament and got matched up with each other. Yep. Game one. <laughs> so oh, well. Basically. It's all about meeting new people. It is. Or it not. is. It is. It's, it's all about, it's all about uh, another, what is it? Another addition to the, the long line of uh, stories of my Savage Orcs going up against your Isles. <laughs> the... It's not quite the book of grudges, but it's certainly a book oh, of... It's getting there. Yeah. Definitely the notebook of grudges. They could fill tomes with uh, the amount of uh, bloodshed between these two forces. Yeah. But So we'll quickly talk about our armies. So um, as you know, and I was probably... I reckon last episode we recorded, I was probably talking about how great it was going to be for me to play my Sylvania army at CanCon. Um, and I had all intentions of getting it painted and getting it done. But I think... <laughs> We got to about six weeks before the event and I looked at it and went, man, I'm going to be really, really pressed for time trying to get this done. Um, and I really didn't want to stress myself out. Um, so basically, I just decided I was going to run the Savage Orcs, which are already painted. Um, but I wanted to add a couple of little things just to just to change the list so it wasn't exactly the same as what I'd run in the past. Because as you know, I never like to write, you know, run the same list twice. Um, but basically here's what I ran. I took the level four great shaman with the usual stuff, you know, the, the stuff that lets you reroll the spells, reroll, um, you know, a casting once per turn, uh, on a boar, uh, two other level two shamans, um, a big boss with a great weapon on a boar, a couple of big units of boar boys, you know, well, nine, nine each, uh, one is biggins. Um, I had a couple of units of savage orcs, a couple of units of, um, Wolf Riders, um, and then I put in a couple of spear chuckers, which are now I know people are probably thinking you can't have war machines in the Savage Orc army. Wrong, wrong because <laughs> <laughs> wrong. wrong because I kit bashed them and I used the um, I actually used a lot of the bits from the Arachnorock Spider Kit. Yes, um, and they've got like a bunch of so. Pretty much, I kind of made made up these spear chuckers that basically look like they've been pieced together with like branches and bits of wood and um, you know kind of twigs and you know vines and all sorts of things. So um, yeah, I might post some photos up somewhere so that people can see what I'm talking about. But I've kind of done up these like really kind of primitive looking war machines. So I've got a couple of spear chuckers. There's a doom diver, and then there's um, I put in. Uh, two wolf chariots. So I, I got rid of the boar chariots, which is what I was using in previous lists because I just found they're good, but they're a bit slow. Like it was just, 
against mobile armies, it was quite hard to get the charges off. So mm-hmm. I got a couple of wolf chariots in just for that extra charge distance. And um, Old Faithful, I still kept a Snotling Pump Wagon in there as well, which was my <laughs> my spider, my spider creature. So yeah, so that was the list. Um, basically pretty similar to what I normally run, but with a bit more, a bit more kind of shooting. So I could kind of, you know, I had a bit more ability to be able to deal with targets across the board rather than, you know, just getting sort of stuck. I think the funny thing is I've played you so many times and your army is usually such a nightmare matchup for me. And normally, and normally that's because you, I chase you around the board, you shoot me a bit, you flee all the charges and then you just counter charge me with knights and I've got nothing that can stop you. Um, so this way, at least I thought, well, you know, in the event that I'm playing against one of those bad matchups, I've got something that can actually sort of put pressure on you from across the board. Okay. Yeah. And as it turns out, we ended up playing round one anyway. So yeah. there you go. So um, what were you, what were you running? So my army featured my uh, custom-made dragon lord assailant. <clears throat> so the dogs of war dragon hero, mainly just because I had um, done up the model recently and wanted to take him along. It's a good model. Really nice. Yeah. Um, up to this tournament, he hasn't survived a game. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you've played five more games with it at CanCon, did he survive? He had a 40% survival rate. <laughs> so he survived two out of five <laughs> he games. He survived two out of five games. Now that's good going. The dragon survives more. Death Fang the dragon. Mm. The problem for Asanel is he's only two wounds and like a four plus save or something, right? Yep. And he's got no ward save or really or anything that protects him. This is basically a spear. <laughs> you should just put, because it's two wounds, you should just, you should model it two as two spearmen sitting on the dragon. The dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's pretty good because he's otherwise, other than that, he's got high elf lord stats. So he's got four attacks and weapon skill seven. He mm. just has two wounds and just a four plus save. So he's a bit crap. Um, <laughs> It's fun to have though. It's nice to have. No, it's nice to have a um, a character flying around on a big monster that's not your lord choice. Yeah, that's right. And it also means you can fly him off, and he can become a bit more. You can take more risks with him without losing your general and without losing your um, without losing your leadership bubble. Yeah. Yep. Well, you also you also got a pretty good record this tournament of um, when you rolled your intrigue at court, oh, right? Intrigue at court. So I can I confirm see. that you did it against me. So I'll, you definitely did it at least once. <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, but so I made a point of, cause you've got to assign uh, a number to each of your characters when you roll. And I know what my dice rolling is like. So I made my general number one each time in case I rolled a one. Yep. Cause I'm pretty bad at rolling <laughs> dice. Generally. <laughs> um, and then uh, so Asano uses up a rare choice and two heroes. Two heroes? Yeah. So if you really? Take him in a, yeah, so if you field him <laughs> in a Dogs of War army, he's a rare and a hero. Right. But if you take him in another army, he's a rare and two heroes. So you're really, you're paying a bit of a premium for this guy. Not not so much <laughs> you the... You really are. Not just the, like, I mean, how, much, how many points is he? 460. All right. So he's kind of a bit of a discount as far as like what you would normally pay for like a lord 
on a dragon, for example. Well, it's not really. It's just that normally you would give them some items. Yeah, so I suppose. He go, so he's kind of he's you. kind of just like the budget home brand version of like it's <laughs> it's sort of like oh it's it's like Aldi. So it's kind of yeah. like for those I don't know. He's I mean, Aldi dragon. Yeah, we've got Aldi supermarkets here in Australia, which is basically. You've got your kind of main like budget brands. Yeah, you've got like a couple of main supermarket chains, and then you've got Aldi, and they kind of do, they kind of copy all the main brands. But like, you go in there and you sort of you look for some flour, and it's like the the packaging is almost exactly the same as like the main brands, but like <laughs> it's slightly different, and then like it's their brand. Yeah. Um, and they've anyway, but it's all a little bit budget. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like this guy's the Aldi Dragon character. <clears throat> the but, Aldi yeah. Dragon Lord. Yeah. You don't quite get like the same, you don't quite get what you're getting with like a proper dragon lord, but at least you're yeah. not paying, you're not paying it out of like a lord slot and stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess when he got kicked out of Althorn, he wasn't allowed to take a lot of his magic items with him. He doesn't, he also doesn't... <laughs> leave, leave your magic items at the door, sir. <laughs> That's right. So he's got... Uh... Do you reckon he flew off and like actually like halfway across the ocean, he goes... Oh my god! I forgot my magic armor. <laughs> like he's left his. It's like leaving your keys at home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got my phone, but oh. Or like you go to work and remember that your lunch was still in the fridge. <laughs> oh, that's right. I've definitely done that. Yeah. So, and he just he doesn't really have any weapons. He just has a lance. So, <laughs> basically, yeah. Okay. He's a silver helm on a dragon. So, yeah, anyway. All right, so I had him. And then I had my lord, Prince Caladan, with his, uh, with his normal enchanted helmet. I tried to give him an enchanted shield, but I, I ran out of points. And I so noticed I, on your list it said... Plain old ordinary play, shield. It literally said plain old ordinary shield. <laughs> that's because my, my list got rejected. Because I was like two thousand and four points or something. So you actually said. So what you actually came back to me was like, no, you're four points over the limit, and I was like, did you know that when you submitted it? I just put it. I just thought it'd be okay. (laughs) I thought that's pretty close. (laughs) Didn't really think about it. There's a points limit for a reason. Oh man. I thought there'd be like five five points grace or something. I submitted a three thousand point list, and they rejected it. I was, like, push the uh, I was only a thousand points over. <laughs> so anyway, so I had to, I had to scrub my enchanted shield and just had a plain old ordinary. You know they used to do that. You know they used to do that in White Dwarf. What do they do? They do that where like there was there was White Dwarf. Um, um, what is it? Battle reports mm-hmm. where they'd be like, yeah, we're playing two thousand points, and then like it literally says on there, oh, two thousand and three points or two thousand and nine points. Like I think at one point they went like seventeen points over or something yeah. like that. It's just funny because it's just like what you couldn't have found one model to like drop off a unit. <laughs> yeah. Pretty loose. You should have said that. You should have emailed Josh back and gone, well, they did it in White Dwarf. Yeah. Yeah, there was one, I remember there was one article years ago. It was a better report. It was actually, I think it was the one where um, the third edition Eldar Codex came out and they, uh, yeah. they played something like 2,050 points. <laughs> and then there was a, then there was a note like, Gav Thorpe wrote his army and he was 50 points over. So we and just he couldn't, he couldn't find anything to take out of his army. So then, so, so he, he asked his opponent who said it was okay because then he could have another uh, space friend on a bike. So he 
So, did. Yeah, so they agreed to it. Stuff as well. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> you couldn't find 50 points. So basically, before the event had even started, you were already trying to cheat. You were already trying to go four points over. It's not, it's not, it's not cheating if it's a loophole. But anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> so. Oh, that's funny. So he just had a two plus re-roll of Alarma save instead of a one plus re-roll of Alarma save. Does that sound right? Yeah. No, does... one plus. No, he had a one plus re-roll save. He had Bartered Steed. Yeah, he, he had Heavy Armor. That's a three plus. Shield. Shield goes to two plus and then the Magic helm. helmet. Goes, yeah, with the re-roll. Plus one and re-roll. <laughs> So, so would why you, would you need the enchanted shield then? A zero plus reroll. Oh, that's that's okay, cheesy. Someone rocks even, up with, even, the, with the string six. Even if you'd been under the two thousand points, that should have been rejected. <laughs> 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 yeah, just on principle. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Okay, so that was my that was my lord. Yes. Uh, and then I fielded uh, a hero choice. We both know Your what this is. we both know exactly what this is the, going to be. Uh, the the brave bold battle standard bearer bearing the battle banner. Bravely bearing to battle. Yeah, bravely bearing the battle banner into the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> so he was your so he was your brazenly bold battle standard bearer who was bravely bearing the battle banner onto the battlefield. Yeah, is that correct? Yep. Okay, and he had like what three plus save or something. Uh yeah, he would hit a three plus save and a battle banner. Yep. Okay. The rest of your army was pretty small from memory. Yeah, so I had two units of silver helms with one of those characters in each unit. And they were each 11, right? So you had like three, yeah. you did, you basically did, including the characters, you did two three. Two units of 12. Yeah, and you did three ranks of four. Yeah. Yep. Um, two chariots, mm-hmm. two eagles, mm-hmm. unit of archers. Yep. See, so you were so close to having an all cav. Slash kind of flies list. <laughs> yeah. And you blew it because you put some archers in. <laughs> you were so close, Frank. Well, the archers are good. What, oh, kind, no, of, what kind of theme is that? I, I think had you, had you, some, you had some reavers too, didn't you? Yeah, I had a unit of Valyrian reavers. Yeah. Mate, those archers ruined it. You couldn't put like five more silver helms in just to... Well, I was trying to paint more silver helms, but I ran out of time before the event. Oh, that's right. Someone, so was, to, someone was proxying. Yeah, I had to figure my dragon princes as... Uh, his silver helms. They were demoted. They were the, uh, they were dragon, dragon so, rookies. So basically they've rocked up to the battle and Prince Caladan goes, now guys, I know your, this is going to be a your surprise. Silver helms. Your what? silver helms today. What? He goes, just, what? just, just hit a little bit worse. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the new rules, in the old, old world rules, uh, dragon princes are impetuous. Really? So, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. There are oh. a ludicrous amount of points. They're like, I don't know, there's some crazy amount of points. Well, when I've got the book, we'll read it. But mm. then, so they've got something like two attacks each. They're really totally over the top, but then they're impetuous. And at mm. first I was like, that's dumb. So but that's, now I kind so of like that. Cause basically, I'm like, eh. It's basically the whole orc army. The guys that are just, the guys that just think they're too good. It reminds me of the British cavalry, in, uh, like the Napoleonic era, who were just notorious for charging off. And really? Yeah, so basically they'd just be like... And then getting shot to bits with cannons. So yeah. they, they just said, uh, well, they, they, they did it at Waterloo and lost like an entire division of cavalry or something. Oh, really? Pretty much just got, went a bit gung ho and. Yeah, they just oh, it's a, what, off what's, into the what's that? Oh, God. What's that um, reference? You know that guy? Wasn't it they were playing like World of Warcraft or something? What's that? What's that Leroy? dude? Leroy! 
Jenkins. Yeah, Leroy Jenkins. So like they just Leroy Jenkins into people. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty so, much it. So it's basically the it's basically the Leroy like Leroy Jenkins. Of it's basically like century. yeah, it's like the old school before Leroy Jenkins was a meme. It was like yeah, British cavalry. That's amazing. So pretty I'm much. I'm going to do that. I'm going to use them when the old world. When I'm playing the old world, I'm going to do and just, every time just they yell, they flunk me. Yeah, just roll, just yell Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Oh man, I um, I went and like I don't really know. Don't, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call my Dragon Prince champion that now. You should definitely, because um, I'm I'm not really kind of a big computer gamer or anything. But like when I kind of found out what that was, because I know <laughs> I sort of knew the meme, if that makes sense. Like people would say, "Oh, Leroy Jenkins into this or whatever," or I, I, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so I kind of got this vibe that there was some sort of some sort of gaming reference going on. But then anyway you know, figured out what that meme was. And I looked it up and like the YouTube thing, the, the way that everyone else is like, oh, yeah. everyone else is just stunned that it's happened. God damn it. Exactly. Everyone's like, they've like planned this. Weren't they planning some sort of attack or like a raid yeah, yeah. or something? Yeah, that's and right. this guy just ran in on his own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, and like oh, we're going, we're going. I, I can imagine these and they're, they're all kind of like panicking they're all like no oh no oh he's oh, he's ruined it like it was just this carefully laid plan <laughs> yeah. so that guy definitely fell his impetuous test yeah absolutely <laughs> alright so your, your yeah, dragon so princes your dragon princes who were pretending to be silver helms led by Leroy Jenkins yeah and that's right. So your army was like, what, like seven units or something, right? You had your archers, your two silver helms. Why are you so surprised? Because well, you're just, an orc player. It's such so a small like, army. Oh, 2,000 boys, usually like 40 units. I, yeah, I, I never run less than like 10 units. I think for me, <laughs> I just don't like playing. I, I feel like yeah, but I, my take on it, and maybe this is just as a player that always... I had a dragon who cost 460 yeah, true. points. I'm... You know this about me. I'm, I'm not an all your eggs in one basket player. So typically for me, it's like the more stuff you've got on the board, the better because you're going to lose stuff. There's going to be, I guess with orcs as well, a lot of it does random stuff that you can't control. So then you, the more of it you've got, the, yeah, you can lose stuff, but speaking you've still of, got... Speaking of units that you can just lose. <laughs> so in our game, you went, you went first and what was the very first thing that happened on the first turn after we deployed our armies? Okay, so... <laughs> in, in the compulsory moves phase so I made, I made a pretty silly decision when I was deploying and for some reason <laughs> so look put it this way what was was there a, there was a your, scenario your wasn't there we all made mistakes because we're only human yeah so anyway Frank deployed aggressively because his army just wanted <laughs> to charge forward so this is the first time when when we've played this matchup when we've played the Savage Orcs versus the High Elves, this is the first time that I've had more shooting than you because normally okay. you just shoot me from across the board and I, <laughs> I run around chasing your fucking eagles and chasing your, you know, your, your chariots of fleeing charges and all sorts of things. Well, I sing the Benny Hill theme music. Yeah, exactly. It is that. <laughs> and like, yeah, oh my goodness. So <laughs> I deployed quite far back because I thought, well, I'm not going to... If I just deploy forward, you're going to be on me by like turn two and I'm not going to be able to react quick enough. So, so the Savage Orc army was castling I did. quarter I, of the board. I wasn't a quarter of the board, but I kind of put everything <laughs> close to the close to the back of the board because you weren't going to be able to shoot me off. Your archers were way too far away to do anything. And it was really going to be a matter of like, could I deal with 
could I deal with the dragon early to obviously, if that gets into the back of me, I'm in huge trouble. Let's be honest, the orcs were a little bit afraid of the elves. Uh, you could say that, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I deployed my uh, pump wagon sort of behind a hill, kind of pretty much in the middle of the deployment zone. Um, and then, I don't know what, I, I think the idea there was that like if you were going to fly... Normally what happens is you end up flying eagles into my backfield and things. So the pump wagon was there to basically sort of, you know, react to any of those annoying units getting into my backfield. So it was going to basically be the, you know, because you can just turn it and just 2d6 into a, into a, um, into a combat. Like you can, uh-huh. and no one can react to it. So, oh no, sorry, they can. We've, yeah, we have discussed that they can, but the, um, Anyway, whatever. So the idea would be like if an eagle flies in behind me to march block me, the pump wagon can try and deal with it. But anyway, I deployed it and then sort of ended up putting a war machine in front of it on the hill and then put a savage orc unit on either side of it without really thinking about the positioning of it. And then basically turn one, I only my only options were to either move my pump wagon into one of my own units, which would result in 2d6 strength four hits against one of my own units or... <laughs> The alternative was just to run it backwards off the board, <laughs> and uh, I chose to run it. I chose to run it off the board. <laughs> so Fair enough. Basically, my pump wagon took one for the team and just disappeared from the battlefield. <laughs> First blood. First. So, by the end of my turn one, I'd already killed more of my own points than I had of yours. So that was terrible. Um, my, my poor pump wagon. My poor pump wagon. But um, the long anyway, suffering pump wagon. Anyway, the advantage of me getting first term is I could, you know, hit you with some shooting and some magic. So I think I stomped, did I stomp a Sunhill with the um, foot of Gork? I think I did. So Sunhill got stomped. I think he lost a wound or two. The dragon lost a couple of wounds. And then I shot a few things at your silver helms. The doom diver landed on them and killed a few. The bolt throwers killed a couple. So I think I'd kind of halved one of your silver helm units before you've moved it, which was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a bit spicy. And then, you know, the rest of it, I kind of kept back. And then you basically just moved everything up forward as you do with that kind of list. The Sarnil went down the, um, the Sarnil went around the flank and tried to put some pressure on. Um, but one of my bolt throwers took him out. One of the, the spear chuckers managed to get a spear right on the Sarnil's, <laughs> right on his, right on his chest and kill him. Yeah, so he got shot off his dragon. He got shot off his dragon, and then the dragon flew in. The dragon killed the ball thrower. The dragon well, killed they ran him. away. They flunked their terror test and yeah, ran off the board. That's right. They fled They fled from a terror test, and then <laughs> he got charged by um, a unit of Savage Orc Boar Boys, which you know, yeah. broke him, and he fled off the table. So I think I think, I, I think he killed one of them. Yeah, didn't he, he did. killed a Boar Boy. Well, he killed a Boar Boy, but he died. So the dragon was out of the game by turn three, so that was pretty good. Yeah. And whilst that was going on, I shot some more silver helms, and I think your unit with the, you know, the brazen, brazenly brave battle center bearer who was bravely bearing the battle banner to the battlefield, he and his unit were down to like three or four models. Yeah, so yeah. they got hit by the doom diver. Yeah, they did a couple of times. <clears throat> yeah, so then I ran uh, another war machine off the board with some reavers. Yeah, or an eagle. yeah, that's right. Yeah, the reavers. reavers. Yeah. And then uh, the... Uh, and your, your chariots were doing their normal trick of fleeing charges. 
So my, it was basically my chariots, <laughs> my chariots and your chariots were facing off. That's right. And both of my chariots declared charges and both of your chariots fled. Yeah. And then I think I killed him. I think one of my chariots got into your backfield and killed your eagle, killed one of your eagles that was. And your other chariot awesome. ended up, I think your other chariot ended up fleeing and being. Well, the chariots kept uh, coming back. They, they kept rallying, but then I think one of them ended up rallying and being charged again. That's right. I think I got um I, I got the war spell off. We ended up we ended up with this that crazy. Was, that was much near the end of the game. Yeah, it was. Because what happened? We ended up with the our entire army in a huge melee like, like combat in the middle of the board. Yeah, we ended up with like what was it? Two silver helm units, uh, reavers, um, my boar boys. I think two units of boar boys at one Two stage. units of boar boys both ended up in there. A unit of savage. A unit of savage. So it was about six or seven units all in like this big scrum <laughs> in the middle of the board. Yeah. Um, which was quite I think amusing. it was two separate combats. It, one, it was. My general was one and the other one had the battle banner. It was. So the battle banner rolled a six and but it was, the orcs ran away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But it, okay, so yeah, it was... We, we had two combats going on kind of next to each other, but if you drew like a kind of... 12 inch by 12 inch box in, in this part of the battlefield. There was about six units all crammed in yeah. there just fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. um, it was pretty amusing. But yeah, basically you're that friggin' BSB. So I went in with um, the biggins. <laughs> I went in with the biggins. Uh, or no, sorry. I went in with the unit. The non-biggins unit went in there, killed off the rest of the silver helms. And the BSB stood there by himself and promptly rolled a six on the battle banner and like broke them, <laughs> which was just like infuriating. Um, so he did that and then didn't chase them down. But then yeah. he got charged again by something else, which I think he got killed by the other unit, I think. Um, yeah, because he wasn't, he didn't manage to catch them with his pursuit move. That's right. And then everyone was able to rally. He rallied and then you cast a magic spell to... So. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I had the war spell, which was like, I actually rolled this up quite a lot in this event, and it was amazing. Um, where basically any of your units that are within charge range, you roll two d six and they they charge forward. Um, and this is amazing. I think I got about five charges off in one turn. Where I, I think the, the unit that your battle standard bearer broke, they rallied, and then turned around and then just charged back in using the using the spell. So yeah. it was sort it was of either that or it was uh, there was the second of, unit or, or, or something. something like that. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I seem to remember your BSB. Didn't he survive? Like he got he got attacked by a couple of orcs and managed to roll a six on his armor save or something. It was really he was pretty, like, he was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was like it was like he sort of he, he need, you needed a six and you got a six to survive <laughs> and then you rolled a six on your banner and like broke them. It was just it was one of those games where I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like I had a, it's funny, I had I had some troubles dealing with BSBs in this event because you'll find out down the track there was a there was another crazy game I had with a, a different battle standard bearer that was causing me all sorts of problems. But I did take your battle standard bear out eventually. Yeah. Um, and then aside from that, there was a lot of like little cat and mouse games going on. Like I kind of got into your backfield with my chariots. So I think one of your chariots got stomped or got magic missiled or something. Your One of your eagles got chased down by a chariot. That chariot got into your backfield and then, <clears throat> and then charged your archers. Yeah. The other chariot. Oh, that's right. Some spider riders, um, or you know, wolf riders. That is, they they charged your other chariot and killed that. Yeah. Um. So, 
you sort of lost a lot of your chaff sort of stuff. Um, and then, yeah. yeah. So on the last turn, you cast that wag spell, so you managed to charge lots of my little units. Mm. So that was good, because I managed to do a bit of cleanup work there. Yeah. But so that was a fun game. It was good. I think, what was the difference in the end? With the way that the scoring worked was, with this event, you there was 20 like sort of tournament points up for grabs, depending on, you know, you worked out the victory points per player, and then you basically you know, work out the difference between them and then you just oh, look at it. this was the one where you got extra points for winning, winning challenges. And yeah. my general had collected about three challenges and like three Yeah, your, your general your general just rode around the battlefield killing, 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 killing all killing champions. champions. <laughs> <laughs> I think literally every time we got into combat, it was like, all right, I'll challenge you again. And like, um, and in true Savage Orc fashion, one of my shamans charged in and got killed by your general. <laughs> there was that big uh, combat was going on. I think you overran from you broke a unit and overran, and then my shaman went. Or something, yeah. My shaman lost his lost his cool and basically charged into you, which was quite funny, <laughs> um, and got pulverized. But pretty, yeah, that's, yeah. Pretty. that's the problem with savage orc shamans. They just charge into like yeah. big units that they shouldn't be fighting. Yeah. Um, that was good. So, what did we end up like 13 7 or something? It was, I think, after the bonus points. So, like, it was basically a 20 point scoring system, and then you got bonus points for achieving certain objectives. In this yeah. game, the objectives were like killing the general, um, defeating uh, your opponent in challenges, and getting standards and stuff. Yeah. So, anyway, I think it ended up being like I got maybe 15 points. I think you got 10 points or something. So, yeah, it was something like that, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. But yeah. um Yeah, it was a good game. First time first time that my Savage Orcs have defeated your high elves, Frank. Is it? Yeah. I've been I the had, whipping boy for too long. I had a lot of this in uh, this tournament. Yeah, there was another there was another opponent you played that got did, sweet, sweet revenge yeah. as well. So well, I didn't have any I didn't have any wizards in this uh, army. I you didn't did, have any magic didn't. at all. So it's funny, I actually played I suffered against armies that had oh, really any magic. Well that's it, yeah. I mean I, I played of my five games, three of my opponents had no magic, oh, which okay. was nuts. And I'm running ten power dies. <laughs> and then you cheesy bugger. No, well, I mean, Savage Orcs, mate. Savage Orcs. Um, and then um, of the other two games, I think the other, one of those opponents only had like a level one wizard. So it was kind of like, oh, okay. I feel like most of my opponents just didn't really have any way of stopping me like when it came to the magic yeah. side of things. So that was it. That was game one. That was really fun. It was nice to finally uh, get the revenge that I craved um, on those dastardly high elves. <laughs> then game two came around. Who'd you play? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Um, <laughs> do you want me to tell you? Do you okay. want me to explain my game too? <laughs> yeah, tell me your game. Okay. So game two, we had a special um, deployment where it was it was kind of like the dawn attack one that they did in eighth edition, where oh, yeah. you divide your deployment zone into kind of yeah, you know, a left a left hand flank, a right hand flank, and like the kind of middle part, mm-hmm. and you basically then roll a dice for each unit in your army and put them down one by one. But it's like if you rolled a one, they went in the left. You had to put deploy them in the left corner. If you rolled a two, it was right corner, and if you rolled three to five, it was the center. And if you rolled a six, you could pick any of the three parts. Right. I was up against a guy called Dave with his Wood Elves. Um, and pretty much the two of us both started off our deployment by each rolling. I think we, we rolled six ones in a row. So 
my first three units all went down in my very left flank and his first three units went down on his very left flank. So we basically had the two opposite corners of the board were absolutely stacked with units. Right. Um, and then we started rolling some more normal rolls. Um, but I still ended up very left-hand um, heavy. Like my, my army was mostly in the left corner. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was running wood elves. It was um, a lot of forest spirits, heaps of dryads, uh, maybe three, four units of dryads a tree man, some wild riders. Um, he had, he had a couple of non forest spirit things. He had some more dancers and he also had a, a unit of, um, glade guard, the, the archers. So not super shooty. Um, but you know, a lot of skirmishes like pretty, and, and he had a couple of, I think he had an Eagle as well. So, you know, it's one of these matchups where my stuff, most of my stuff can sort of get him on static combat res. Um, but it's more about how can I engage with him and like actually be able to catch his units. Cause if he wants to sort of skirmish around and, you know, sort of avoid me, he can do it. Um, he had some tree kin as well. Sorry. But, um, anyway, I kind of pushed hard up the left flank. He had a treeman sitting there in a wood, um, you know, first turn. Oh, that's right. He had, um, he had a, a highborn with the altar kindred. Do you know what the altar kindred does? Oh, tell us. So the Altar Kindred is a kind of wood elf sort of, I don't know, they've got these different kindreds and you nominate that he's an Altar Kindred, uh, you pay some points for it. He basically gets movement nine, an extra attack, and I think he can't join units, but basically there's a few combos you can put on him, but um, he had this guy, you know, it was a bit scary because he was like six attacks with a great weapon and movement nine, so he could basically zip around the board killing stuff like real nightmare for like small units and units that don't have a lot of combat res. Okay. Um, so naturally I was a bit concerned about mm -hmm. it. So of course I went Gork's Warpath first turn and stomped him off the board. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So because right. you can't put him in a unit, so you can't really protect him from a spell like that. So yeah. basically he was my first target and I stomped him. So he died. Um, so at least that was like a potentially quite a dangerous model like gone um and then after that i sort of was trying to deal with what i could like you know i doom divered he had his war dancers which had three characters in there so he had a he had a war dancer hero he had a um a mage and he had a bsb all in this war dancer unit and i mm -hmm. thought well that's a lot of points if i can if i can somehow get into that unit i can do some real damage i actually managed to get one of my chariots like into charge range and um, charged, charged in and then rolled a one on impact hits and didn't really do anything. Um, that was a shame. And then one of the key things was I had my two ball boy units pushed up the left. Um, one of them ended up charging into his tree kin and just wiping them out because I had the banner of butchery. So plus one attack. So literally just heaps of attacks. I think I put six or seven wounds on him before he got to fight back. So that was pretty good. Um, and then the other unit was kind of up in front of his treeman and then he, in the one phase, killed almost that whole ball boy unit because he used the, you know, the strangle root attack that the treeman does. The you roll an artillery oh, dice. Yeah. yeah. So basically it's artillery dice, automatic, like strength four hits and he rolled a 10. And so, <laughs> oh, no. so that killed a bunch of ball boys. And then, and then he released the hail of doom arrow with his BSB. <laughs> so that's another 3d6 strength four shots. So I think a unit of 10, including my level four, um, ended up being a unit of three very, very quickly. Mm, okay. Um, okay. What that did mean though, because they were sitting in front of the treeman, because 
um, you know, because obviously with a lot of casualties coming off that unit, now there was only three of them. I actually had, I was able to then charge past the treeman, which I couldn't have done before. Oh, okay. I was able to charge past the treeman and get into the war dancers. So, and that was what I was hoping to do, but I got in there and um, I did a couple of wounds. He, he did the, you know how the war dancers can do like a special dance each combat phase? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So they, they did the one that gives them a four plus ward save, oh, okay. which was really hard to get through. So I didn't roll too great, but um, he passed some ward saves. I think I killed, I think I killed a couple of guys or I did a couple of wounds, but basically I didn't do that well. And then he was able to sort of hold me in combat for a turn or two and then sort of chop through my unit. So unfortunately I lost that unit. I lost the level four as well. Um, I should have taken the level four out of the unit much earlier. Um, but anyway, <laughs> hindsight, I suppose. Um, but anyway, I wasn't expecting, you know, two thirds of the unit to get shot off in one go, but they did. Um, apart from that, there was a bit of kind of cat and mouse, you know, dryads. He had dryads that didn't really want to fight. And, you know, I had, had a unit of savage orcs that just basically sat there looking at it, like two units of dryads. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to move forward because then you'll just get around my flank. So I'll just <laughs> sit there. And obviously mm-hmm. he wasn't game to put the dryads into the front of them because he was probably going to lose on combat res if he did that. Fair enough. So that not much happened on the right flank. I was, my shooting was pretty ineffective because I had bolt throwers aiming at skirmishes and stuff like that. So there wasn't really any good targets. Um, <laughs> One amusing thing that happened was he had an eagle with one wound left and it flew into my backfield and both my shamans had to charge it. <laughs> Your shamans do not have a good track record with eagles. Well, they do actually, because they killed it. <laughs> um, so they, they sort of dealt with that. I got him right where, where I wanted him. You know, I thought I tempted him into flying into the backfield so my shamans could take care of it. <laughs> but it was a pain in the ass actually, because really I wanted to... I wanted I had like a few magic missiles. Yeah. And my really what I wanted to do was move forward with those shamans and basically, you know, he had almost no dispelling at that point because he'd used his scrolls. I'm thinking, man, if I can get a couple of magic missiles onto those war dancers, I can probably hmm. take that unit out. Um and then of course the eagle ended up appearing and I had to charge in so and couldn't use my magic missiles. An so eagle. It was a bit frustrating. Um apart from that yeah, not that much else happened. Like we kind of each killed a few things, but we like it wasn't it wasn't the sort of game where both armies sort of wipe each other out. It was a fairly kind of, you know, tit for tat sort of affair, but there wasn't you know that much that was in the dead pile. Um but in the end Except for your ball boys. Except for the ball boys, but <laughs> anyway, I took out the tree kin, I took out a few bits. But um the scenario was that you had to you had to get your units into the table quarters and that gave you some extra points. Yep. Um, and I'm not talking about the 100 VP that you normally get. It was like proper like bonus yeah, yeah, tournament yeah. points. So I ended up being ahead uh, 13 to 12 on that one. So oh, there you go. really close. Yeah, because he was ahead 11 to 9 on the actual like sort of victory points. Yeah. But then I scored three table quarters and he scored one. And that got me... You got a point for every table quarter that you scored and you got another point if you had... Um, more table quarters than your opponent. So I had three to one. So that gave me four points and he only got the one. So yeah, that got me up to 13 and he was on 12. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, I felt like I kind of dodged a bullet there because like wood elves, wood elves can be really tricky for an army like mine because I just, I've got so much frenzy and they've got skirmishes and like, it's a little bit tricky. So um, I was sort of pleased to get away with that kind of result. So anyway, 
Sweet. How about you? Um, well, just for something completely different, I played an orc army. <laughs> okay. Um, I played against a chap named Pete, uh, who was a good guy, and he had uh, mostly an infantry orc army. So, what do you have? You had a unit of regular orc infantry, he had a unit of biggins, he had a unit of black orcs. He had a giant. That's always fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, He had a unit of night goblins and some war machines. Um, Probably some other stuff. So, I guess probably for him it wasn't really an ideal matchup because my army's mostly cavalry and had a lot of um, fast moving stuff. If it's a lot of, if it's kind of like your cav army versus a mostly infantry orc army, yeah, it's hard work for the orcs because your stuff just charges far, far quick. You know, you get across the board quickly and, and you've got a much better charge distance. Yeah. So probably not that much he can do unless he gets very lucky on his um, war machine shots and things like that. Yeah. But. He only had one wizard. He had one goblin shaman. Yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah, it was not too, probably not too much to say about that one. So, uh, at the end of the game, he had a giant and his biggins still on the board. And this was one of the games that Asano was able to survive. Okay. Did he... It was the first, the first game he ever got through all the way to the end. <laughs> still alive. And did he, um, did he kill some orcs? He slay some people. A lot of orcs. Okay. I think he. I think he killed and and pursued all the black orcs. Man, that's why. That's why he's a rare and two hero slots, man. Yeah, he killed some black orcs. <laughs> <laughs> um, black orc slayer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what he's good at. Um, he didn't do. Oh yeah, the other thing that didn't really work in Pete's favor is on the first turn is um. Shaman miscast and he rolled that one where he turns into a squig. So then he just bounced around for the rest of the game. He finally rolled a six on his last turn and then he didn't manage to cast his spell. So really, it really didn't help matters either. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's pretty funny. But anyway. Speaking of miscast, right? When I played my game against Dave, um, at one point I think. So I think I went for a big... I think I went for the wah spell, right? Like I I pushed some stuff up and was like, right, if I can get wah off, I'm going to basically have like a whole bunch of charges happen here. I'm going to mm-hmm. catch him in a spot. Like, you know, I could win the game just with like this one this one move, right? And yeah, I rolled, the, I rolled five dice, miscast it. Okay, that's fine. I've got the buzz gob staff. I'll re-roll it again. Miscast again. Okay. What's the result? D6 strength, five hits to my mage, my level four. <sighs> Rolled one hit and failed to wound. Yes. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then next turn, I, I think I tried maybe the same thing or I might've tried the, the war path spell the next turn. Yeah. Five dice, another miscast. And it was oh. like, it was like three miscasts in a row that like just kind of really hampered the magic phase. But oh well, I guess the more magic you've got, the more likelihood there is of a miscast anyway. So Definitely. The last game that I played against... Uh... 
Nick a few weeks ago, we played a big siege game. Yeah. 6,000 points of chaos attacking, 3,000 points of high elves mm. defending a, a, keep. a castle, mm. a city. And um, Manny rolled a lot of miscasts. His demon prince and everything. Yep. Had a great shaman blew himself up and lost a level. Yep. His demon prince did the one where he... Um, he slips over and then everybody can, because he had charged into combat and then he cast a spell and he cast the one where he trips over and everyone hits him automatically. Oh, <laughs> I've had, so I've had that happen to me. Okay, I'm going back 20 years now, but 2004, I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast yet, maybe I have, but 2004, it was the first, it was Moab 2004, right? So at the club that we normally play at, yeah. um, it was my first ever tournament like, you know, it turned up, first game, I was playing Vampire Counts, uh, Blood Dragons, and so the other guy was playing Vampire Counts as well. He had uh, Necrarch. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we, I went into combat. My um, Vampire Count, you know, the the big choppy Blood Dragon, Yeah. Um, I went into combat and was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do like a raise spell. I, you know, I'll raise some skeletons or something. And I rolled the spell, miscast it, rolled the result where he gets hit automatically. <laughs> Um, he happened to be in a challenge with a Graveguard champion. Oh, no. And the guy rolls a six and killing blows him. <laughs> <laughs> and that was turn two. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Funny thing was, uh, I think I ended up getting... That looked like... I mean, obviously, my, a lot of my army started to crumble. But I still had... I had a unit of Graveguard and a unit of Black Knights and a couple of characters. And they held out the entire game and basically killed the whole rest of the army. Okay. Um, so I think I ended up getting like a 10-10 draw out of that after... That was quite funny. It was mental. But anyway, so like, you know, basically first spell attempt of that tournament turned into my general dying. <laughs> yeah, pretty standard. Yeah, basically. Um, all right. So should we do game three now? Or should we do a little break? What do you want to do? Let's uh, well, need to, we'll do you want to reload with yeah, another let's beer? Have or? Another, let's have another beer. All right, so quick break. We'll grab a beer. Sounds good. And then we're back, all right? Yeah. Okay, we're so back. we are back. Beer's in hand. And we're on to game three. Um, do you want to start with game three or do you want me to start? What's your... Yeah, I can start. Yep. So I, I played against a high off sea patrol list. From Storm of Chaos? Yeah, yeah. So not one you see very often at, uh, well, anywhere really. I think I've, I've played it myself once or twice, but it's a tricky one because basically it revolves around you taking units of Lothurn Seaguard, which, as you know, I don't rate very highly <laughs> as really? a unit in the game. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Yeah? I guess those... <laughs> I mean, some of our listeners have probably already listened to our High Elf book review. <laughs> and I think Frank was pretty clear on his thoughts about the Love and Sea Guard. Yeah. I think the word useless was thrown around or the word... <clears throat> worse than useless. Worse maybe. than useless or like... Anyway, so that's the army. Um, the the main thing with them is they get a free round of shooting before the game starts. So basically, you set up your armies. It's the same as if you ever play third edition forty k. One of the Eldar factions could do that. Oh, the, really? It was the Ranger army. Oh, the Rangers. Alatok. Yeah, yeah. A light or something. The Rangers or something get a yep. free round of shooting. Oh, brutal. Before the game. So anyway, uh, 
you set all your uh, set all your troops up, deploy normally, and then you um, each unit in the army that's got some some sort of missile weapon can get a free shot at any unit in the enemy army, and it, it ignores line of sight and it ignores negative uh, modifiers. shooting modifiers. So it's supposed to represent them like ambushing the army on the way to the battle or something. So, needless to say, Asano got shot off his dragon before the first turn. Oh, that's <laughs> the so dragon annoying. Lived, but Asano got shot. Um, so hang on, they don't get the negative modifiers to hit. Do they get the plus one because he's a large target? They do get that. Oh. Um, but Asano has a uh, jammy. The only magic item he's got, which is minus one to hit against him yep. for shooting. Yeah. So it cancels that one out. Yeah, okay. But yeah, still. Doesn't doesn't help you though. <laughs> really. Oh no, when they're like toughness three, four plus armor save, dude just That's right. And yeah. when you've got you've got this army, some of the characters have got missile weapons. Yeah. So yeah. they've got yeah, so yeah, the bow of the seafarer on his lord, which is uh like it counts as a bolt thrower. Yeah. <clears throat> so strength six, D three wounds. Yeah, right. And it, penetrates ranks like a bolt thrower oh far out yeah and i mean this army that this army that you're up against was quite skirmishy right there was a lot of little so pretty much all like minimum sized units and then a lord sounds fun and three wizards sounds incredibly fun (laughs) it's like the battle of the somme really so you just like advance under a hail of fire and try to work your way up the board to charge into things while everybody shoots at you so it wasn't too bad for my knights. And I was on the table next to you while this was going on. And I looked across yeah. and went, oh, it's just like the Battle of the Somme. Is that what you actually said? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Yeah, I can imagine. It was running through my head. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the main, so a lot of my smaller units got shot, but my knights were mostly okay. Uh, did have a funny situation where there was a repeater bolt throw right on the edge of the board and I charged the dragon into him and then everybody fluffed their attacks <laughs> so, so the, dragon, the dragon didn't manage to kill the two crewmen crewing <laughs> the bolt throw but you would have won by outnumbering or something right that's right and he's, uh, he causes fear so I was like you're going to run away so I thought I went I'll, I'll restrained pursuit rather than run mm. off the board mm. and then the guy rolled two ones for his running away roll <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't run so, off the board he didn't run off the board <laughs> so then, then he rallied and I had to charge him again so <laughs> so basically oh, what do you do it took like exactly the same <laughs> amount of time that it otherwise would have been yeah. like go off the board yeah but, then, yeah, but you would have been safer then, just going off the I board I know I wouldn't have got shot but anyway you should have Mind, just done that because you wouldn't have been able to see anything. So no, I didn't know. I thought, oh, they're just going to run off the board. Yeah, but if you chase them off the board, then you're safe for a turn without getting shot at. Yes, but I didn't know that that would happen. Anyway, <laughs> afterwards, that's, that's what I thought. I should have just gone off the board. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was a game. <laughs> It's a bit, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those games where your opponent is going to just do exactly what you think they're going to do. Because it's just, it's a gun line army, right? 
So it's well, it's gun. It's not gun line. It's gun line avoidance. It's 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 basically just skirmishing. He's playing forty k, and you're playing Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, that's he did what have, it is. He did have a merworm. Uh, so the merworm, if anyone's not familiar, that's uh, basically it's a dragon that can't fly. So it's meant to be a sea monster. Yeah, that goes around, uh, and. Um, You'll, you'll be pleased to know that I charged my knights into it with the battle banner. <laughs> the, the bra- so the brave battle banner battle standard bearer. I, he rolled a five. The brazenly, six, brave, the brazenly brave battle standard bearer who was bravely bearing the battle banner into the battlefield. Yep. Yep. Bamboozled the beast from beyond the... <laughs> oh, can we... Okay, so hang on. The, the brazenly brave battle standard bearer bore the battle banner onto the battlefield against a beast of what? The beast from the briny beyond. <laughs> How good is that? We didn't even prepare that. That's amazing. The beast um, from the the beast from the briny beyond. There you go. I just came up with it right now. The beast from the briny beyond, because it's from a black abyss. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Cool. Wow. Yeah. So, so then, so he ran away and they, and he got killed by the knights. <laughs> that okay. was good. Yeah. The beast from the Briny Beyond. He went back to the Briny Beyond, hey? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So I killed him. And that was about it. So that was the, the main, the main <laughs> issue with that game is because there were lots of small units and lots of shooter units, it took a long time to get through the turns. Plus the deployment and then the free round of shooting and everything. So um, I think we only played four turns, which is a little bit less than what you'd ideally play in a in a tournament. But mm. anyway, we ended up with more or less a draw. And I'm just trying to think, what was the uh, scenario for that? What were the battle points for that one? Well, that was the... Ta- no, sorry. That was the one where... Ah, okay. So this is the one where it was like... You had like a fortitude score, which oh, was... Oh, yeah, that's right. So you've got to kill the enemy characters. Yeah, you have to kill characters. No, not banners. So it was actually characters oh. and champions. Got so it. every enemy character and champion was worth one fortitude yep. point. The general was worth two and the BSB was worth two. Mm. And you work out whatever that fortitude score is. And then you need to get their fortitude score down to two. And there was some bonus points on offer for doing that as early as you could in the game, got basically. It. So... Did, yeah. he, did he have a lot of characters and champions? No, no. I don't think he had any champions. Um, so no. he just had the four characters, and I would have had uh, my general battle standard and then the two champions with my knights. So we were both fairly low on the fortitude score, but neither of us um, got that objective. Yeah, okay. So it was <laughs> sort of a drawn game. Yeah. Bit of shooting, you charged across the board, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, because I killed a lot of small units. Yeah, but then yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't the most, from what I could tell, it wasn't the most interesting game. Is that right? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the most interesting game. Playing against a gunline army with a mostly cavalry army is never going to be terribly exciting. Yeah. Because okay. yeah, if all you've got is, is you've got you've got you're one charge forward. You've got one intention, and he's got one intention, and that's about that's, it. That's basically yeah. it. Yeah, there's so not a lot of not a lot of subtlety no, to that. There's plan. no kind yeah. of backwards and forwards, mm. which is yeah. Anyway, so that was that game. Yeah, because it's basically he's not going to charge you, and you're not going to shoot him. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly right. So you're trying to do one thing that's the exact opposite of what he's trying to do. Yeah. But like, it's just sort of like, yeah. you're, you're never getting one of those. It's not one of those yeah. games where you have like a heap of counter charges and all sorts of things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So it's a bit like... The well, battle, I feel like our game was like that. Our game was like... Our game had a lot of back and forth. Yeah, it was a lot of counter charging, a lot of like, I kill one of your units, you kill one of mine. That yeah, kind of thing. That, was, um, that was a good game. Man, you're referencing a lot of old battles today. You've, you've already referenced the Somme. You've referenced Argencourt. <laughs> you referenced um, Waterloo. So you, there's like a three. I need to keep a tally of this, man. So you're up to oh, three. Okay. All right. We'll see how many that you can, how many tenuous links you can draw to like historical battles now. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So I went up against a, a dwarf player named Tim. Um, nice guy. <laughs> Some call me Tim. What's that reference? <laughs> That's from the Holy Grail. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that for a long time. Okay. I actually need to rewatch that. Tim the Enchanter. Right. Wait, is that that guy who's like, you know, talking about the, the swallows or whatever? And he, like, if you have to get across the bridge? Is that no, who that is? No. no, that's the guy. The Beast of Antioch. Oh, what is it? It's the uh, the rabbit. No, the no. rabbit's the terrible monster. Yeah, I know the rabbit thing. Yeah, he's the guy that he's the guy that shows them the rabbit. No, no, isn't that the guy who's like, oh, if a swallow is flying at da 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 da, and it, you know, how how fast does it get to the thing? And someone goes, wait, is it a European swallow or an American swallow? It's like ah ah ah, and he gets like, yeah, thrown no, in. Well, oh, doesn't he bridge, say that? There's the bridge keeper. That's not Tim the Enchanter. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Anyway, whatever. We've gone off track. <laughs> we don't yeah. normally do that, do we? Um, so I was up against Tim, the Enchanter, with <laughs> with his dwarves. Um, <laughs> with so, no enchanters no no so there are no enchanters in this dwarf army um, it was a pretty standard dwarf army as far as it was a bit of a gun line it had um, he had a dwarf lord on shield breakers with some runes he had a rune priest with some runes a battle standard bearer um, with some runes <laughs> and as far as units were concerned he had um like, you know, the hammers that his Lord went in, he had some iron breakers, he had some warriors, and then the rest of it was basically thunderers and war machines. So he had like a couple of units of thunderers and I think he had uh, an organ gun and he had two bolt throwers. Um, and they both had the kind of strength seven rune, like, you know, the there's a rune that gives you plus one strength. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit of a concern because obviously that can take out a chariot in one, one shot. Um, oh, he had a Slayer character as well. He had a Dragon Slayer. Um, the way that the deployment worked in this particular one, um, that's right. So this is the one where <coughs> we both had, I think, the same Fortitude score. I think we both had nine. Okay. So like, you know, quite a, we both had quite a few champions. Mm -hmm. um, but with the way the deployment worked is you couldn't deploy in the very corner. So you, you sort of had like a kind of little no-go zone in the kind of corner of each deployment zone. So it kind of kept people a little bit more central. Um, what that meant was he couldn't totally castle everything in one in one corner of the board, which I thought maybe might happen. But um, I think even even so, I think he probably spread his units out a bit too much. Um, he probably could have deployed a bit more compactly than he did. Now, one one school of thought when I was looking at his his army and kind of reviewing the list, I was sort of thinking to myself, well. I don't know. I'm, I might have to settle for 
like a close draw or like, you know, maybe win by a couple of hundred victory points or something. Because I thought what could potentially happen is if he castles up and sort of makes it really hard to, you know, really hard to get to him without getting half my army shot off. Um, I thought, well, if that happens, then I'm going to, you know, probably just end up hitting a wall of dwarves and just not being able to break through them. Um, and it might be safer just to sit back. And I had, you know, the magic advantage, obviously. So it might be safer to sit back and fling some spells around and try and like maybe kill a few little units and get like a small win. But then when I saw the way that he deployed, he sort of, the way that the, like the terrain played part of it, cause there was a big, there was a big wood in the very center of the board. And what that meant was that he couldn't, he sort of, there was a couple of kind of lanes where like, you know, it kind of sectioned off parts of the board where, you know, I could send, you know, different units down different sort of lanes on the board. And he kind of had to split his force up a bit and he probably could have deployed it a bit more, like, as I said, a bit tighter, a bit more compact, but he didn't. Um, so that meant I felt confident that I could isolate some of the units and sort of, I could get up in his face and put a bit of pressure on him and try and, if I could isolate some units and kill them, he didn't have the maneuverability to be able to react to it. So that's basically what ended up happening. Um, I pushed both my ball boy units pretty much up a flank. One of them hugged, hugged the flank like right up near the board edge and went round, round like a terrain piece. And the other one went a was little it a fence? bit. It was not a fence. Oh. There was no fence. So there was a marsh or a swamp or a bog or a morass. <laughs> um, so there was yeah there was a marshy piece of terrain and I was desperately wishing that I had my my faithful fen beast to go in there but um, anyway I kind of pushed the unit of the ball boys right around that flank and the other one kind of went up on the other to the left of that so it was kind of like there were two ball boy units that were both coming at him pretty quick and then I had a wolf chariot that was with them as well um, now Here's what he should have done. Um, so he had he had a unit of thunderers that were guarding that flank, and he had the organ gun next to them, and then next to that he had the ironbreakers. And my ball boy biggins were basically facing up to charge the ironbreakers. Right. Mm-hmm. He basically could have he could have done what what he should have done, which I think would have probably won him the game, or maybe made it very hard for me to win the game. Would have been that he should have probably had the thunderers and the organ gun both shoot at the ball boy unit that was on the flank because that would have prevented them. They probably would have killed most of them, I reckon. And then they wouldn't, they would have to have charged the thunderers. They probably would have died to stand and shoot or they, I wouldn't have really had any guys left to really impact the thunderers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he could have taken the charge from the other unit with the iron breakers and just held. And he had a rune that gives him like once per game, if you have to take a, a like a break test, you can just roll one dice instead of two. <laughs> Which is amazing. Like, imagine you've lost a combat by five or six. Yeah. And you're not trying to roll a, you know, you're not trying to roll like a three or a four on two dice. You're just rolling one dice. So I was looking at it and going, this unit's going to be really hard to kill. Um, but basically, in my opinion, he made the wrong choice because he, he had the Thunderers and the Organ Gun. They both shot at the unit that was, that was basically going to have to charge the Ironbreakers. But he could have taken that charge and just held there. And then he could have probably countercharged me maybe a turn or two later. I don't think I was going to break that unit in one go, um, but he didn't. He shot them at that central unit, which sort of lost most of its models. And then that meant the unit that was on the flank, that one charged his thunderers and just basically just collapsed the flank. 
And then my my wolf chariot, I think he was expecting that to go into the ironbreakers, but it didn't. It charged the uh, organ gun. So he lost it. He lost basically a whole flank worth of shooting and he had no way of reacting to the, like the rest of my army started moving up and he had no way of really stopping it. Um, and yeah, some, some, I had some good magic. Like I stomped the Slayer character. He died. Uh, he was hanging out in the wood. I think he was hoping to march block me or charge me in the flank or something, but that guy died. And then very fortuitously he had, I think the Ironbreakers, there was maybe 18 Ironbreakers or something. And both my bolt throwers shot at them first turn hit and both of them went through three ranks. So it was like, you know, you know, whatever, five plus to hit. Yep. Twos, threes, fours, bang, 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 like killed three ironbreakers. The next one, five plus to hit, hits, twos, threes, fours, bang, bang, bang. Like, so he's That's lost, he's lost a third of his ironbreaker unit from two little like goblin <laughs> speech. Was that the most damage they did in the entire tournament? No, they were really good. Well, they, <laughs> killed, they killed your Asanil. They killed some other stuff throughout. Everybody the, killed us, I know. Yeah, but they were um, <laughs> they were good, man. For thirty five yeah. points a pop, like it's so good. Like they literally, they'd already paid for themselves in the first turn of that game, so that was amazing. Um, but pretty much at that point, he was on the back foot. Like he he had his hammers coming around the other side of the forest. They decided to turn around and go back the other way because I think he realized he was going to be under some pressure. And then I ended up basically his um. His ironbreakers ended up fighting this crazy combat where it was my unit of Savage Orc infantry charged him in the front and then I used the war spell and got him in the rear with a unit of the boar boys and in the flank with a unit of uh, wolf riders. Mm-hmm. So he had three units into him and I think I killed six or seven or eight ironbreakers plus rear charge plus flank charge plus all this other stuff and I think he needed like he basically needed a one like he, his leadership was, I think he was losing that combat by like eight or something like, like oh, that. Wow. But because he can roll it on the one dice with that rune, I think yeah. he rolled a two. <laughs> it was like he needed, on a one, he holds that combat and then I would have, I would have gotten countercharged by the hammerers. So I managed, <laughs> <laughs> I managed to break him and run him down. So the Ironbreakers, basically that entire flank collapsed, which was really good. And then I kind of did my best to ignore the hammerers, although they did, they killed a chariot and they killed, um, I kind of sacrificed the chariot to them and there was also um, a unit of Savage Orcs just got in their way and died. But then that wasn't... Um, I was happy to kind of sacrifice those. But the rest of it was just like a chariot got into the backfield and took out, it, took out a war machine and then took out Thunderers. So one chariot ended up taking out two war machines and the unit of Thunderers. And then um, I was... I thought this was quite clever. I, when I did my deploying, because he had the two bolt throwers with strength seven, mm-hmm. I kept the chariots behind my orc units. So as they advanced up, the chariots just made sure that they they always had a unit of orcs in between them and the bolt throwers. So he could never actually target them with the bolt throwers. Okay. I think he only got one shot the entire game from a bolt thrower to chariot and he rolled a one to wound. Uh. <laughs> so a bit unlucky, but like the fact is I just didn't let him get the shots. Yeah. Um, although I'll tell you what, you know what my Snotling pump wagon did? Did it run off the board? Nope. It, it, it redeemed itself. It Because um, it had died turn one in the other game as well against the Wood Elves. It just got shot by some Glade Garden, died first turn. Yep. But in this game, it, I just put it on the flank. 
and it literally just spent four turns slowly trundling up the board. Mm-hmm. And then there was, it finally got to like sort of close to a bolt thrower. I needed a big roll. I rolled a double six and it oh, like 12 wow. inched it into a bolt thrower and just rolled well on the impact hits and just killed the crew. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was just cool because it was like, I really thought the entire game, I thought, oh, he's just going to turn this bolt thrower and just shoot this pump wagon. Like it's going to happen. And I think he thought he might have one more turn to do that. But because I rolled the double six, it got in. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. So you had this, uh, you had this spider, this pump wagon that is modeled as a spider, just eating a war machine crew, which was pretty fun. Um, but anyway, that was a really good game. I, I thought, I thought I kind of the decision to charge at him paid off because I, as I said at the very beginning, I was considering maybe just kind of playing it a bit more defensively. But no, I think. It definitely paid off. I ended up getting a win. I think it was 16 to 8 or 16 9 or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. So, it was a good win. All right. Um, that brings us on to day two, which was games four and five. Yes. What do you got? What happened game four? I know who you were playing. So, so game four, I played our buddy Glenn. Yep. So, who was also staying with us? Go to an Elder State tournament. Play with two of the people that you win with. <laughs> <laughs> play two people that you play regularly anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, Glenn had a Beastman army, and to cut to cut a long story short, uh, Glenn stomped me into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think by the end of the game, I had a chariot left and nothing else. Really? Yeah. He hammered you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. To be fair, he did come up to me after game four and he went, yeah, just smash rank. Yeah. <laughs> so good. He was uh, pumped. I think he was looking for some uh, revenge. I think you've stomped his beastman a few times, haven't you? Well, not long before the, um, the tournament, uh, Glenn and I had a game and we used, we used pretty similar armies. Okay. So that was that was kind of the only practice game that I had with my um, with that army with Asanil, and it went okay. So I kind of went, oh yeah, I'll just use that. Whereas, huh. oh, it wasn't really a great tournament army, but it was fun to have the dragon on the board. But anyway, so Glenn took some extra stuff that was would be better against me, uh, which obviously paid off. I think the main kind of issue was there was like a big sort of forest right in the middle of the board, which, um, and there was a lot of terrain on the board. I think for the record, for the record, right? So I was saying before that Josh, who was one of the tournament organizers, he's on the Old World Fanatics podcast. Yep. And he was talking about that and he basically said that he deliberately put quite a bit of terrain on the boards because he wanted to create areas of, you know, like areas that it would sort of condense units into fighting in certain areas rather than like if you leave the middle of the board open, it sort of just becomes this, you know, the middle of the board sometimes just turns into a bit of a standoff, like rather than like, I think I, I'm, I'm kind of partial to that idea of this, like have a bit of terrain around and like make it so that people have to make choices where they're going to send their units. Like, are you going to put it, are you going to follow this little kind of area here? Or are you going to go down the right or the left or... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I quite like those sorts of boards because it, it throws up a few interesting situations. Anyway, so for Glenn's army, he's beastmen, so he can just kind of run straight through the trees. Ah, yeah, of course. So it makes it a little bit easier for him. 
So, yeah, anyway, so that was kind of, that was that game, really. I was just kind of downhill uh, pretty much from turn one. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was just a, it was just a slow decline, really. <laughs> Very descriptive, Frank. So it's yeah. like, no, so he ran some beastmen through some trees. I just got I periodically <laughs> stomped into the floor. So, okay. anyway, that was that game. All right. So I went up against a guy called Andrew with um, Dark Elves. And it was quite funny. He was actually running essentially the Dark Elf equivalent of your list. He right. based, he had a dragon, Lord on a dragon. Yep. He had two big units of Col One Knights, like I think 12 Col One Knights with, with a character in each one, like a BSB and a fighting character. Yep. Then he had two units of Dark Riders and a unit of Crossbows. That was the entire army. Cool. So it was something like, it was six units, including the dragon, <laughs> which was, you know, he, he basically said to me, and there's no magic. And he basically said to me, he was like, I just want an army that's very simple to play. And he goes, this is quick and easy. I don't have to move a lot of models around. I don't have to like think that hard. Um, and I don't really have to like spend a lot of time like doing magic or anything like that. I was like, all right, fair enough. So, um, so his army was obviously built to play very aggressively, like push forward and try and smash face. Um, and obviously kind of like when I played you, I thought, well, if I just deploy on the 12 inch line and run forward, he's going to, he'll beat me 10 times out of 10 because he's got a dragon that can obviously get behind me. He's got, you know, heavily armored one Knights that can probably take a charge from me in most instances and not, not, yeah, they could probably absorb a bit of damage and then and then kill me back. And then he's got some fast cab that can redirect me. So I'm thinking, well, I'm in a bit of trouble if I push forward too much. So I kind of held it back a little bit, thought, well, if I can deal with some of these threats before they get to me. So I kind of did that to an extent. I I um I managed to land a Doom Diver right on the um the dragon, um, turn one. Um, and you, Jamie, <laughs> I got two wounds on the Dreadlord, so the Dreadlord was down to one wound, okay. and then the dragon, I think, took a wound or two as well. Yeah, um, I think I killed a few Cole One Knights. Um, one, one, one mistake that he made though was he, he pushed the Dark Riders quite far up the board early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that meant was my two wolf chariots, which I'd put like quite a bit forward they both declared charges and the dark riders both declared that they would flee. But then all that did was mean that like, cause I was going to move those chariots up and use them as a kind of, as a charge bait anyway. So it really didn't make a difference. So they just moved up nine inches cause they'd failed the charge and the dark riders ended up fleeing and just being in his backfield. So it sort of took his, his two units that should have been probably there to frenzy bait my units. They were both fleeing by the end of turn one. So it was kind of a weird, thing because I'm thinking well if you hold those units back in your line a little bit and then push them forward and force me to force me to frenzy charge at you that that would have made a big difference but anyway because those two units were fleeing he didn't really have a way of being able to kind of force my hand so basically what ended up happening was I, I ended up charging those two chariots out the two dark riding units fled he then basically had to charge me with his stuff and I just fled those charges. So you had, or one chariot I think held against the Dreadlord and the Dragon and just got 
just got chopped. But then that just overran into the middle of the board and became like a target for everything. And then he had a unit of the cold one nights that like I'd fled the charge and they just ended up sitting right in front of my, um, one of my ball boy units. And then basically my, look, this was turn two. I just moved up with a bunch of stuff. I, I declared some charges. I think the ball boys went straight into the cold one nights and then I moved everything else up and I just went, yeah, I'm going to cast wire. And he only had three to spell ice. So I just threw five paradise at it. The spell goes off. 2D, everything everything charges 2d6 forward. I basically flank charge the dragon. I flank charge the cold one night unit. Um, I flank, I charged into some dark riders. Like everything just got charged and the game was basically over on turn two. Because um, a whole, <laughs> unit, a whole, a whole, yeah, a whole unit of cold one nights, 12 of them with, you know, with a character mm-hmm. ended up with a unit of ball boys in their front and a unit of orcs in their, and savage orcs in their flank. Uh. So, I think I killed every knight before I'd even before we'd even got the combat res. I'd killed all the knights because uh-huh. a lot of chopper attacks, a lot of strength four, a lot of strength five. Yeah, you know my hero was in there with strength six, so I think he only had the hero. His he had his hero left, and that guy was just auto breaking because he'd lost the combat by about twelve or something. <clears throat> so that happened, and then the other coal one unit got stuck in the middle of the board because I, I think I fled a charge. And then I just bombarded him with Doom Divers and magic and stuff. So I think he lost that unit pretty quick as well. And then the dragon got flank charged by a unit of orcs, a Savage Orcs. And the orc, um, the Savage Orc boss ended up chopping his Dreadlord down. So, because he only had one wound left. And I've got strength five on the charge because of choppers. And I literally just went off with your head, dead. <clears throat> and then the dragon ended up being chased down. So. Kind of from turn two onward, it wasn't much of a game. It was really just me mopping up the rest of the army. Um, the um, The scenario that we had with this one was there was two objectives that you needed to capture. There was one objective that was kind of um, fairly central that was like you just had to go near it to capture it. The other one was a cart that you could move around the board and you had to charge it to capture it. That's right. So one of my Savage Orc Shaman's charged into it and captured it and was basically leading leading a horse and cart around the rest of the game, which was quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was it really. I mean, he was a really awesome guy. I actually voted this guy for best, um, you know, best opponent because it, it, it ended up being a 25-0 win to me and it was quite clear that was going to happen from turn two. And he just played out the game and he made sure, like it, he could have just conceded the game and gone, oh, no, nah, it's fine, it's over. But like, he wanted to play the rest of the game, which was nice. So like, you know, he certainly made me earn the rest of the points. Like I had to chase some dark riders around the table. I had to chase some, um, I had to chase his crossbowmen around a little bit. My snotling pump wagon got into the flank of some dark riders and spent about five rounds of combat, like swinging at them and doing mm-hmm. nothing, which was quite fun. That's right. I charged in using the, the pump wagon into their flank and then rolled a double one for the impact hits. <laughs> Did nothing. <laughs> so that was quite anticlimactic but <laughs> anyway in the end it, yeah it was one of those games where like he just didn't the only way for him to win that was if I had deployed really far forward and basically if I'd kind of fallen into the trap of basically just trying to run forward straight away because then his stuff would have just taken me out but because I held it back and basically tried to deal with some of those threats that that worked out well for me so 
Yeah, so, you know, really nice guy to play. Um, he took it really well. Never once complained. I mean, you know, he was losing models, like, he was just removing models most of the game, and he never once complained about dice rolls or anything. So, like, yeah, really nice guy. Um, but, yeah, that brings us to um, the final game, game five. Who were you playing? Yeah, so, game five, I also played a Dark Owl Farming. Ooh, Okay. So finally, uh, finally got to have a high elves versus dark elves battle. When was the last when time you did that? I can't even remember. I don't have any. Uh, oh, I was probably against Luke before he moved to Canberra. So uh, I don't have any uh, dark elf players in our kind of regular yeah. group. I don't think anyone from our normal crew plays dark elves at all. Well, there was uh, Scotty who got into his dark elves and got loads of them for his he got a cult of Slanish army mm. but then uh, now he's dropped that and he's doing something else okay <laughs> fair <laughs> enough uh, anyway um, okay what was in this army so I'm just trying to think what was this fella's name it wasn't Tim he's uh, <laughs> um Oh, I could look it up. But anyway, the first thing he said to me was, before this tournament, I've only ever played one game of Warhammer or something like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you just write 25 next to your name for the score? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, of course it not. Was, I'm joking. It was a little bit like that. Um, so, his army had a unit of knights, so Cold War knights, about 10 knights or something. Smallish unit of dark riders. Uh, unit of crossbows, one repeat of off And then he had some infantry. So he had some corsairs. Mm -hmm. He had some executioners. And then he had a smallish unit of witch elves. So about 10 witch elves. Yep. Uh, so he had a bit of infantry then. Yep. And then he Which doesn't had... help against your mostly cav army. <laughs> Yeah, well, if they do the right things, but it's, it just means it can be tricky to manoeuvre. Yeah. Um, he had a sorceress in with the infantry, and he had a hero on a chariot. He had a, he had a third hero. What was his third hero? Um, I'm sure he had three, but he didn't have a lord. So he had three heroes, but no lord. Right. So, okay. Well, yeah, that was pretty much what I said too. <laughs> okay. So, I've, always, I've always thought about like running, you know, I've come up with some like Lizardman lists where you can do that, where you basically just run Scar Veterans and Skink Priests and stuff like that, which yeah, I think it's viable in certain respects. But for like, some armies it would be, but yeah. for other armies you're trying to yourself a little bit. At least with like elves, you're still getting leadership nine. It's not too bad. Yeah. But you, but anyway, it's, they're not, they're not, then the problem they're is not durable. Got no kind of hitting power. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, I think he might have had a hero in with his um, knights. I can't remember. Anyway, so. Uh, what did I do? This is another game where Asanel survived. Ooh. No Asanel. Yeah. So. I more or less charge all of my stuff into his infantry. And then 
one of my units got, uh, I think it was the unit that had the battle standard got kind of bogged down in a combat with... So you weren't rolling sixes for your, your battle banner for once? What was I rolling on the battle banner? I think he just didn't run away. So I lost combat. Because I had a, the unit of witch elves charge them in the flank. So he mm. was able to counter charge. Yeah. So, uh, and they have quite a lot of attacks. Yeah, right, okay. So, and then I was, so I was fighting the witch elves to the flank and then like the, uh, the Lord riding a chariot. And I kept on, <laughs> I kept challenging the guy. He wasn't a Lord, he was a hero. I kept challenging the guy. Well, I kept issuing a challenge and then the guy riding the chariot kept refusing. <laughs> and I looked up in the book, if you suffer from hatred, do you have to accept a challenge? Ah, but you don't. Okay. You have to pursue if they run away. So he cheated. You don't have to accept So he challenge. cheated you. He just hit on his chariot. He cheated you. While the, chari the chariot is. So, so basically this guy what? turns up and goes, I've never played Warhammer before. And then just proceeds <laughs> to just like, oh, whoops, I didn't know that rule. Yeah, <laughs> just no, cheats no. you. So, I'm I'm joking. Uh, hopefully, well, he might be listening to this, but you're probably we're, we're, we're joking. Yeah. So, I slowly whittle down the witch elves because they don't have any armor. Yep. So eventually, you know, then if they once they lost combat the first time, then they lose their frenzy. Yeah, so they become less effective. And then it goes down. Then they're just a bunch of then like, they lose their three. rank, and then they yeah, and then yeah eventually yeah. they all ran away. Yeah, gotcha. Eventually. Um, and as f speaking of bolt throwers earning their money, so he did a single shot against my knights, and you know, so I deploy all my knights in three ranks of four. Yeah. So he did a single shot, three wounds killed three knights yeah. on, the, on the first turn. So that was a kick in the nuts. But anyway, that happens. You get that on the big jobs. Um, what did I, I think in the end I charged a chariot or I charged some sort of a thing into his, um, I charged some sort of some a sort thing. Of you don't have that many units, mate. I think <laughs> it was a chariot. <laughs> what else ran would it have been? Ran over the, uh, what well, might have been my silver helms. Okay. Ran over the cross. This was a week ago. The, I don't know why you don't remember this. The repeater bolt thrower. It was less than a week ago. This was last Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think. What did, uh. Yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of the game. Yeah, right. Then I, then I was able to. So I killed all those things, and then I was able to turn all my army around and go and go and kill the cold one knights. Uh, yeah, well, that was. So that was that game. Mission accomplished. The Hales defeated the dark. Defeated elves. the dark elves. The uh, what would you call it? Ancestral hatred or whatever. I suspect those guys were the B team since they didn't have a Lord commanding them. <laughs> like, like a garrison or something. Yeah, like a scout, scouting force or something. Mm. Anyway, so, Prince Caladan Prince issued a few more challenges, killed a few more champions, just for the hell of it. So you got a big win. So I went up against Peter. So I was playing on... At there this there point, was another game that Asano didn't get killed. Those were... Yeah, right. There you go. There's your two... Your two games where a Sinol managed to... Didn't die. Just didn't die. That's his, uh, that's his goal. 
for a battle. Because not <laughs> then you get to the end. Yeah, I mean, still be alive at the end. And also, I mean, you've got to you, you still need to play him properly, right? Because otherwise, you could hide him behind a forest and never actually fly him out. But then there's no point, right? Yeah, well, there's yeah. no point. Um, so I played a guy called Peter. So we were playing on table three at this point. So pretty much the final the the standings going into game five were. So it was fifty six players. And I was coming fifth. Yep. At that time, so I'd won. I'd won my first four games. Okay. And was up to fifth fifth position, and I was playing the guy obviously coming sixth. So he had a Sylvanian, the the Storm of Chaos Sylvania army. Oh god. Um. I really I've played that army not not his army but I've played a couple of um I've played the Sylvanians a couple of times because mm-hmm. Scott from our group, um has been playing them so. This one, it was actually really similar. It was um, two big blocks of Graveguard, like I think 20, maybe 20 or 25 Graveguard mm-hmm. in each block. One of them was the Drakenhof Guard, which are the guys with the the great weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was two kind of really tough units like that. Then he had a couple of units of, um, I think it was the Sylvanian Levy, which is the the zombies. Now I hadn't really thought about it. Like I've got the the book and everything, and obviously I was, you know, the the, the Sylvania army that I was painting was um, predominantly a lot of like direwolves and a lot of stuff like that. So I wasn't really focusing that much on like what the the zombies do. But these are zombies that have got like proper equipment. So they've got like hand weapon, shield, and light armor, which means that in combat they're getting a four plus save. Um, and they're still pretty cheap. So he had a couple of like decent sized units of these zombies. He had a couple of units of fell bats, a couple of units of die wolves. So a bit of chaff. Um, I think that was probably about it. And then he had, you know, the vampire Lord and he had, so he had this BSB, he had vampire thrall that was carrying the, um, the battle standard. And he had the flayed halberd, which is a, uh, one plus armor save. Mm -hmm. And he had the sword of might. Um, anyway, so the way this game kind of panned out was this, this was a super intense game, but in a good way, like I really enjoyed, this is probably the most enjoyable game I had all weekend. Um, because both of us, we knew we were like right up there on near the top tables. Like we, we were in a position where if one of us could get a good win, potentially we could end up getting a podium spot. Like we could even get into the top three. Um, so I think both of us were pretty keen to try and you know, make something of this game. So it was more enjoyable than you gave against me. Yeah, it was. (laughs) I always enjoy playing with you, Frank, and it was really good to beat you, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but this was more like, I suppose more with the context of where we were at in the tournament. Yeah. yeah. It It was the championship. It was a good, it was a good opportunity for both of us to potentially either end up in the top three or maybe uh, if we did very well, maybe we could even have a shot at winning it. So anyway, um, we were pretty much what I've learned from playing against the Sylvanians before is that you need to avoid those grave markers. So they put the grave yeah. markers down, which just, you literally just can spawn zombies out of it. It's like playing, um, it's like playing Dota. Have you ever played that? Did you ever play that game? Nope. Oh, it's basically just a, it's a computer game, but like you've, it's like a castle attack sort of thing. You have these towers and you have to run up the board and, but then the towers just keep spawning more guys and like you have to fight your way through all these guys to get up to the, to like the kind of the base sort of thing. 
it anyway so basically these grave gut these grave markers just keep casting a bound spell every turn and you can just raise more guys so i basically deployed away from the grave markers um or did it in a way that yeah he he sort of i can't remember i think i think the grave markers go down first from memory but anyway i did it in a way that pretty much if you if you end up right near the grave markers you literally are going to have all these like undead just appearing in front of your army which is not what you want so um i pretty much tried to deploy everything away from that which i did um, I made one error, which is like I had a unit of Savage Orcs. I probably should have deployed them a little bit further back than I did, um, like even a couple of inches. But he ended up managing to move a unit or raise a unit up and get them close enough that I had to charge them. And then that put me in a bit of a tough situation because I then had I killed these zombies and overran and I ended up having to take a charge from one of his units. And then that sort of, it sort of meant that he could get up the board a lot quicker than what, he otherwise might have been um apart from that there was a bit of shooting like i killed some fell bats i stomped one or two units i used you know the doom diver was was shooting at stuff um but then i was gonna have to really deal with these big graveguard units um but one of them kind of got up there and killed those savage orcs um probably the key combat for this game was actually he had a um, quite a big unit of the zombies with the battle standard bearer and i managed to charge them with a unit of the ball boys with the the banner of butchery and the character in there so we're talking like heaps of attacks um and i hit them in the flank with a chariot so did you issue a challenge uh i didn't no um it's not even really warhammer if you don't no, issue a challenge well he had a he had a bsp <laughs> with a one up so to be honest i kind of hoped that i could just chop through enough zombies and get enough combat res to like just crumble them yeah annoyingly what happened was and the tactic I tried to use was I had um, I had the spell uh, on one of my shamans. I had a spell that allows you to fight a round of combat. I think it's called um, Here We Go. And yeah. you basically fight a round of combat in the magic phase. So I was like, right, I'm going to cast it on this unit, kill a bunch of zombies, and then that's going to like wipe out a bunch of this unit. And then mm-hmm. in the next, in the actual combat phase, I'll pop the banner of butchery and, and get more attacks. And then basically I'll be able to just crumble this unit off the problem was i got the spell off and then rolled really badly in the combat and like only killed a couple of zombies Um, so it didn't really do that much and then when the com the actual combat phase came around i think i rolled i think i only rolled a one or a two on the impact hits and then i just i flubbed some rolls It, it, it didn't end up and then look these zombies are actually saving on like a four path like on a yeah a four up so it sort of ended up being a lot harder to cut through them than what you would think. Um, and that ended up taking what I thought might, I could maybe do with one round of combat plus the magic phase. Yep. It took probably about three or four rounds of combat to get through these zombies. Um, and then the really frustrating bit was I crumbled all the zombies off and the battle standard bearer was left by himself. Mm-hmm. And then he proceeded to just fight on against this whole unit of the ball boys with a character in there and a chariot. And I think he took a wound and he killed some guys and he managed to win the combat by one or two and then broke both units. So it was kind of like your bloody battle standard bearer against me in the first game. He, this guy <laughs> just held on by himself and just killed enough stuff, just enough to break me. And of course I flubbed like, you know, both leadership tests, which was quite frustrating. But then 
I rallied both and then used the wah spell to charge both units oh, back in. Oh, you're in your wah spell. But, mate, this this guy just took so much punishment and just wouldn't <laughs> die. So he, he'd already taken a wound and then yeah. he used the like, invocation of Nehek to get his wound back. So he's I thought gone you were back. gonna say he raised his unit again. No, no, no. I wouldn't I wasn't letting him I wasn't letting him get models back in units, yeah. but he yeah. raised them he raised the wound back on the Ballastan bearer. Then he takes like five or six impact hits. I think I got four wounds on him and he just went ping 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 and like saved them all. <laughs> and then like I went in there and challenged him with the with my big oh, boss. So you did issue a challenge. I did. With you know, big boss, like yeah. three or four attacks at strength six, ping 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 ping. I could not get through this armor. <laughs> It was freaking ridiculous, man. It was absolutely insane. And he did it again. He broke both units a second time. It was just like... Oh, what? So this one, this one vampire thrall on foot just took all this punishment. And I think he... Same thing happened again. He ended up on one wound and I couldn't, I couldn't crumble him, which was like just incredibly annoying. Oh, what? I had a bit of a stroke of luck where this other ball boy unit failed an animosity test, rolled a six. So they basically went forward seven inches, which brought them into charge range. And then I managed to charge into a combat. Um, so I kind of, that led to me being able to then take out this unit of grave guard. Um, so we had the guys with the, the Drakenhof guard, which were like the great weapon grave guard. And pretty much I hit them in the flank with some spider riders, well, you know, wolf riders and hit them in the front with the biggins, the ball boy biggins. And that literally just, I think I, killed half the unit in one go and then just deleted them with a... They just, you know, just all crumbled. So the incompetence of your underlings saved the day. Yeah, sort of. So that was like, I think including their banner, that was like over 500 victory points in one okay. go. So that was really good. Um, while that was going on, yeah, his BSB was just infuriating me by just just totally messing everything up that went near him. Um, he cleaned up some of my chaff. I cleaned up some of his chaff. Um... And that was about it. Like we, we didn't, I think we probably killed about maybe half of each other's stuff at most. Um, I think both of us realized midway through the game, it was going to be very hard like to get a big win because mm -hmm. he was playing really well. He didn't make any, I don't think he really made any mistakes. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to like hand in victory points. So, I, you know, I was obviously sort of, you know, trying to get points and trying to avoid, giving him any freebies mm -hmm. um and it ended up with i think he ended up being ahead 11 to 9 and he definitely got more of the bonus points so i think that yeah the extra points were for challenges and for killing characters and capturing banners and stuff like that so i think he ended up winning yeah so he ended up getting four bonus points and i got one so he went up 15 and uh, so it was 15 to 10 um, to him so really closely fought game um, there was definitely this is one of those games where it felt a bit like every combat had some sort of like all these little dice rolls and little like little things going on all had a bearing on something so you know it's like right if I can kill an extra few zombies here I can crumble this unit oh man okay I didn't get that all right now I'm gonna do this <laughs> okay, well, if I can get this off, then this will help with... So you, you always felt like there was something important going on. Like it was this... It, you, you felt like there was going to be a flow-on effect. If I could punch through this unit quick enough, then that gets me into the flank of this thing or whatever. So it sort of always felt like there was something going on. Um, unfortunately, I, couldn't, I just couldn't chew through the undead quick enough because those zombies with 
with the equipment, with the four plus armor save, they're actually really, really hard to shift. Mm. Um, even towards the end of the game, I think I had, I once I deleted that graveguard block, I had spider riders in the flank of a zombie unit and I had the ball boy biggins in the front mm-hmm. and they just, they just sat there grinding for like three or four rounds. Like it just, they were yeah, just chopping okay. at each other. So nothing really happened because I'd chop a few down and then he'd raise them back again. So yep. anyway, um, it was a really enjoyable game. Um, you know, had a lot of fun. That was the only game I lost all weekend. So yeah, like overall really enjoyable, really enjoyable event really. Um, cool. So the, the whole kind of wrap up of it was, where did you finish? Well, I have no idea. I think maybe 18th or something like that. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, so I finished 9th. So, yeah, it was fifth going to that final game. So who knows if I've managed to get a win there because both the tables above mine, like table one and two were both draws. Like mm-hmm. both, I think both of those were like 11, you know, 12, 12 or 11 something. Like they were both really close games. Weren't they all Wood Elves or something? Oh, uh, there was, yeah. So the final standings <laughs> were something like the top seven or the top six were like Wood Elves and Vampire Counts basically, <laughs> which was, I guess, probably, well, I guess... Those guys are all pretty good players, to be fair, but you know, it's also reflective of those armies being pretty good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I had a really good time. Um, ninth was a great result. I mean, I've probably talked at length on this podcast about Savage Orcs and how they're quite difficult to play with. You know, there's a lot of factors that go out of your control, a lot of animosity, a lot of uh, frenzy a lot of frenzy sort of baiting and stuff like that goes on. Mm-hmm. So you know and miscasts and all sorts of things so like it's not it's not an easy army to play but I feel like I kind of um, I played really well I, I don't think I feel like normally with a lot of these events you have like maybe a few games where you play well or for me anyway and then there's usually a game or two where like some stuff goes wrong and I feel <laughs> like I kind of you know can't quite I can't quite bring it back and then I end up just sort of you know, getting smashed. But um, in this in this event, it was like I feel like I played, I played it like a good standard the entire event, which was nice. That's so, good. Um, yeah, I mean, it was quite a good way to kind of, I don't know, dare I say it? I mean, obviously, we both love sixth edition, but like, I, I can't see there being any other big events like this for sixth edition moving forward, and not with not with the old world coming out. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I suspect everybody's going to be pretty keen to have a go at the old world, so we'll play that. But I mean, it's still it's still Warhammer. Yeah, I mean, I think kind of wrapping that up, really. Um, you know, uh, like I don't know about you, but I I kind of have like sort of have a slightly bittersweet feeling to it in that like I'm really now that we've seen a lot of the old world stuff, like we've seen the rule book and we've, you know, we, we've seen the artwork and, you know, there's been some models and all that kind of stuff. Like I actually feel really good about it. Like it seems like it's going to be a good game. I've quite enjoyed like learning a lot of the, like, you know, you're seeing a lot of information about the new rules and stuff. So it seems pretty cool. Um, I think the bittersweet aspect is from like the last probably four years or so, we've just played sixth edition again. Yeah. After not playing it for a long time. Yeah. And it's a cool game. Like yeah, it's a really, it's really fun game. And I think you'd agree with me on this. Like there's so much depth in this game. Like there's just, there's a heap of extra lists you can play. There's back of the book lists. There's all these white dwarf articles. There's regiments of renown. Yeah. There's lots and lots of material available that 
supports it and adds more to it. So yeah, from that side, it's it's uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. So I don't think I look. I think from the way I see it, I imagine I don't see any reason why I wouldn't play old world. Like I think there's a lot of people that. I think for me, it comes down to if the people that I want to play Warhammer with are playing Old World, I'll play Old World. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to play by myself. Like, I'm not just going to, you know, I'd like, to, I'd quite like to kind of follow the, follow the people that I like playing with, right? So, um, and if it means we kind of get a big community of players back again, where people are kind of, I guess there's a lot of people, there's a lot of like factions playing Warhammer or over the last few years where you've got people playing sixth edition you've got people even playing eighth edition yeah if it helps get more people kind of to come and come and play the game at the local clubs then that's a good thing yeah yeah and also just events like i mean i'm i'm always a i always love events you know i'm not i'm not turning up to win them or anything but i just enjoy turning up and playing a bunch of different games and having a bit of a weekend and you know going out with everybody and having a good time so if it means that we're going to have more vibrant events with like you know Generally, these big events are great. You just get lots of people in a room together, everyone mm. kind of socializing. So, look, I'd be... If the old world is successful, that's really good for gaming. It's really good yeah. for the community. Yeah. Um, I'm really hopeful that that's what we get. Um, and it sort of feels like that's the direction it's heading in. Seems um, to be. Yeah, but I think with 6th edition, I think we'll probably... There's no reason why we can't play some of these scenarios and we can't... I mean. From what I saw with the old world, like scenarios, there seems to be the the way the the way the artwork is set up and the way that the rule book is actually written. It almost has a real sixth edition vibe to it. I don't know if you've noticed that um, from the bits that you've seen, but it seems like the scenarios. You've literally I've looked at the scenarios part, and it's literally like almost like exactly the same as the sixth edition book in certain respects. Okay, so I wonder if. Um, there might be some scenarios that are the same, but you know, there's so much material we can use. Like, I guess for those people who've enjoyed listening to us because they like sixth edition, um, you know, use sixth edition as a, as a, as a resource, use it as like material. Okay. You know, you've got all the Chronicles books there. You've got the general's compendium. You've got alternative scenarios. So these are all things that you can use in future for, um, you know, for creating scenarios and creating narratives as well. So what's your take? Uh, As long as I can push plastic soldiers around the table, then I'm happy. Yep. That's all. I mean, the last, the last couple of games that I've played before the event, I played uh, that siege siege. game that we mentioned, which was about 6,000 points on one side. For our next battle, I've been 3D printing lots of like, like city buildings. Yeah. So we want to do a sort of a city fight game. Yep. Uh, so that's on the cards. And then you and I played a big that's kind right. of ambush game. We played a game, uh, What going back about five weeks ago, we played what? My Lizardman, 3,000 points of My Lizardman up against what? Four and a half thousand points? I think four and a half. It sounds about right. Your high elves? There was, an, there was an ambush game. Yep. So that was using, we got our hands on a uh, gaming mat with a, a coastal kind of print so it's like a, it's like a it's beach a beach, beach yeah. landing type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. so we do we talk about that on the podcast no i don't think we did because oh. we, were, we were going to a few weeks ago and then as a no i mean no cancel. when we said when we, it was something when we we were talking about aquatic rules and i said we should play a game where 
you you take all aquatic stuff and ambush an army and you went oh i'll play that if you if yeah you and we did it yeah we did <laughs> so we, we did so we so we, we got together at the club and we um I basically had a whole bunch of croxigors and skinks and salamanders appearing all, out of all the came out of the water out of the water and like ambushed <laughs> these high elves and that ended up being a draw. That was a great. That it was, was a quite great a game. quite a bloody game actually. It was quite fun. <laughs> yeah, I had Law of Life, like just you had you had a, well, you had a lot of like, miscasts if I remember. Oh, there was a few miscasts, yeah, but there was like, <laughs> but it was fun because there was like you know, you you. You had these swordmasters that insisted on standing on a hill the whole game and just getting like shattered by like, you know, like they were, shredded. They weren't by... standing on a hill. They were they were they were fighting some salamanders who were coming out of the ocean and kept shooting fire at them. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> they, they got pulp. They got shot to bits with skinks. I think a comet came down and wiped out some stuff as well. A comet came down and it killed exactly one ball thrower. Okay, so when I said some stuff, I meant <laughs> two, <laughs> two, two guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. That was a good game. I think my old blood basically fought a unit of spearmen almost on his own for about four rounds. Yeah, that's Chopped right. through them and then ended up being charged by something else and being killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good game. It was really fun. So that was a um, good example of just using one of those scenarios from the book um so yeah i think we'll probably wrap this one up um i think next time we are on air we'll be playing old world and we'll hopefully have something you know we'll hopefully have a bit of game experience with that game to sort of talk about who'd you just before we move on who'd you vote for for best army for ah, cancon the goblins oh was- yeti's army Eddie, Eddie, something rather Compton, Eddie yeah, Compton, with his, I think. Um, so yeah, with his organ golden army. I can't, you know how do you know how quickly he painted that? He did tell me he did it in about a week or something really silly. Oh, he was, was still painting the night before. Yeah, did you hear what he did the morning of? <laughs> no. He turned up to the venue and some something happened. Someone bumped him or something happened. He dropped the army, <laughs> and it like. So like there was like bits of oh, no. like bits of goblin like all over the floor like all little parts mm-hmm. and he ended up like half an hour before the thing started up he was like gluing goblins together and stuff. They're um, <laughs> no. pretty impressive. So this guy turned up with a fully a fully mounted goblin army. We're talking like wolf riders. Like there must have been like seventy or eighty wolf riders in this army plus yeah. and chariots giant. and giant. giants and all sorts of things. And then it was all painted in kind of wacky colors and different. I think he converted like every model, like every a lot single of the stuff was converted. Was every it? single guy had like some sort of conversion going on. So, yeah, I voted for that one. I just thought it was awesome. But actually, that's right. Last thing to say would be you. You took out um, a pretty prestigious award at CanCon. What was it? Best, best painted army. That's the second year in a row you've done that. Yeah, for CanCon. So, uh, so I was I was pretty excited with that. Yep. Um, out of 56 players, mate, that's a really, really good... Oh, that's a, that's one of the best things you can yeah. win, to be honest. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, was, I was pretty thrilled. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I feel like for you, that's like your preferred award to win. Like you'd rather win the painting competition. It's definitely what and, I put the most work into. Yeah. But yeah. I did... I was trying to finish painting some silver helmets beforehand, but 
just couldn't get them done in time. So, so hence the dragon princes who had to fill in. As the, yeah, I feel like you should, for, you should forfeit the painting prize. I probably right, should. <laughs> <laughs> but the prizes, uh, so some of the prizes that were donated to the event were some models by Medbury Miniatures. Oh, yeah. And that's man, right. they are cool. Yeah. So we went to his uh, stall at CanCon. Yeah. And I ended up buying some of his other figures. But he did, but, he actually made a miniature that was yeah, specific. So he, it was literally, he did it for the event. Um, yes. And it's yep. basically like a kind of witch. I'm going to use this guy for my witch hunter warband for Mordheim. <laughs> but this guy looks like a witch hunter. and He's got like a plume on his hat and he's carrying a book and he's got a, a war hammer. Yeah. And it's really cool. Like really, really good sculpt. And um, yeah. so anyway, we've both got that model. Mm. Um, you've got two of them, I think. Because you won one of them. Yeah. I did, yeah. I did. And then that guy has a whole range of stuff that... You could basically use a lot of his figures as like Bretonian. He's got men a mix, arms a mix stuff, of right? fantasy and medieval models, but really, um, but he's he's made cast a, and metal and really fantastic figures. He's so. made a miniature for the bombard. You know the the Bretonian. Mm. You know this new bombard thing that they're using for yeah. the yeah. So for anyone who's interested, it's Medbury M E D B U R Y. Is that right? Medbury yeah. miniatures. Yeah. So look him up online. He's got a lot of all his stuff online. Mm. Um, Really great quality casts and just awesome models. Mm. So I was really yeah. impressed with his stuff. Exactly. So uh, Andrew from Mebury Miniatures. Yeah. So that was really nice to meet that guy. But um, anyway, we had a great weekend. Um, fun times ahead with all the old world stuff. I uh, will. We'll obviously kind of come back and. I mean, hopefully we can fit in a game in like a week or two. Yeah. Um, I'll be getting my book next weekend, which is exciting. Oh. And then yeah, we can basically browse through it and like figure out what we're doing <laughs> should be quite fun yeah. yeah yeah all right till next time thanks for listening <clears throat> signing off see you later see ya